1: Who can
2: understand, frankly, the mentality of someone who commits this kind of crime?
1: For Vault Studios, I'm Will Johnson. You're listening to The Daily Crime. Breaking at noon, a stunning
2: development in a shocking murder case in Madison County. The man on trial for the
1: killing of a prominent attorney pleads guilty to first-degree murder. A murder trial came to an abrupt end last week outside of St. Louis. I'm joined by Christine Byers, a crime reporter at Five on Your Side, KSDK in St. Louis. Christine, I know you were there covering the trial of Timothy Banowitz, who was charged with first-degree murder and the stabbing death of Randy Gorey last year in Edwardsville, Missouri. Before we get to what happened inside that courtroom, let's talk about what happened back in January of 2020.
2: Absolutely. So Randy Gorey was a prominent personal injury attorney um, based in Edwardsville, Illinois, which isn't far from St. Louis. And he was very well known in the community. Um, He was very altruistic. Um, He was frequently you know, pictured on social media and with different organizations making donations, philanthropic type of donations and that sort of thing. But he was also very out there publicly on his own social media pages um, showing off his Ferrari collection and, um, you know, some of his eccentric taste when you have um, that kind of resource, those kind of resources, you have a lot of fun in life. So um, he was, you know, really out there both with his humanitarian personality and um, his appetite for fun. so he was he was very well known. he didn't he wasn't, you know a very shy person at all
0: he just loved the community. He wanted to make sure Edwardsville was getting represented. He tried to tap into as much as possible into that community
1: his friend says Randy's real love were his two children who were his pride and joy. The mayor of Edwardsville also knew him and says his heart goes out to the family and Randy's loved ones. But then this just horrific murder took place uh, in January of last year.
0: Some news that continues to develop out of Edwardsville. The Major case squad is investigating after a man was found dead at his home. The Madison County Sheriff's Office says they got a 911 call and found 47-year-old Randy Gorey dead. His black 2020 Rolls-Royce SUV was stolen from the home also. The major case squad is asking anyone with information to give them a call.
2: So basically what happened was somebody went to his sprawling Edwardsville estate and um, stabbed him to death and tied him up and his two children. There was a uh, a woman that came. He was actually in the process of getting a divorce and His girlfriend was headed there to um, meet his kids for the first time on this particular day. She also traveled with two very large German shepherds. And um, she apparently interrupted this robbery when it was going on uh, unexpectedly to the suspect. And when the suspect tried to attack her, the dogs had other plans. Um, And so then the suspect took off in Mr. Gorey's 2020 Rolls Royce. Um, and a car like that is, uh, rare, uh, and it's very, it stands out. So, um, when it ended up at a property nearby, um, it wasn't, it didn't take long for police to find it, and, um, the suspect's getaway car, which was his own truck, had been towed away because where he parked it was private property, and the property owners found the truck and thought, gee, somebody must have abandoned this truck here. So the suspect didn't have um, a way to get away from the scene as he had originally planned.
1: So he, he abandons this truck. And before we get to how then police caught up with him and then what they found on him when they arrested him, back to that horrible scene inside the the house of Randy Gorey, uh, stabbed him to death. But the two children were left un- unhurt, right?
2: Yes, they were. And so um, very true to form, um, for Mr. Gory, he was hailed as a hero in this situation because the police very much believe that uh, Mr. Gory was able to convince um his killer to take him to a very distant part of the home, away from where his children had been tied up with zip ties. So he convinced um Banowitz to take him to another part of the home. So they very much think that he was trying to save his children's lives and was able to at the end.
1: When police caught up with him, uh, my understanding is that he had a, a note on him that said the following, watch with binoculars from woods, use gun and knife to subdue, zip tie hands and duct tape mouth, have withdraw 4 to $6 million from the bank, kill all of them and take zip ties and duct tape off, burn bodies and house. I mean, just this horrific sort of plan he had handwritten, right?
2: He basically came out of the woods as officers were searching the area and told officers that he couldn't find his truck and he had he still had blood on his shirt. Um, another th- interesting thing that happened during the arrest was that apparently he made a statement to officers, something along the lines of, "You probably don't need a statement from me. You already have everything you need." And in the process of being arrested, this little handwritten note either falls out of a pocket or falls out of his waistband. It was somewhere on him, and the handwritten note contained what they considered to be a to-do list of what he was going
1: to do. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on What's in Your Podcast queue. And guess what? What other evidence were they able to gather as this then went forward and to a trial recently that, uh, as we'll get into, abruptly ended?
2: So prosecutors actually said that they were going to have about 200 exhibits to enter into evidence during the trial. Um, And some of it, a lot of it included Mr. Banowitz's social media history, his online history, what he was searching for in the months leading up to the murder. And they made a point to mention that Mr. Gorey was not the only wealthy person that he was researching. They didn't name names, so I don't know that we'll ever know who else may have been, um, become a victim at some point in time. But basically, he settled on Mr. Gorey and started stalking his, you know, social media accounts, Facebook page, Instagram, all those things, and even started looking at pictures of his children that were out there as well.
1: Despite all that evidence, this case was going to trial. A jury had been handpicked, right? And uh, everything was sort of set in place for, for the prosecution and defense to present their arguments.
2: Most of the public was in an overflow courtroom because there are still COVID protocols in place, and the actual courtroom was pretty small. So I would say there was a good number of people, about 50 people gathered in an overflow courtroom, actually in a different building, not far from the courthouse. And um, so even though the the rules of decorum still apply in that room— I mean, you know, the judge isn't in there and the bailiffs aren't in there, so it's a different vibe. And as soon as the video feed came on the screen and the judge said, it's under my understanding, Mr. Banowitz, that you wish to plead guilty today— I mean, the gasps in the audience were audible. Um, you know, everybody's few mouths dropped to the floor um, and eyes were racing around looking at everybody like, is this really happening? So it was, it was a big shock to everyone that was there um, and very unexpected.
0: Why would Banowitz plead guilty now? Well, nothing focuses the mind like having to face a jury of your peers.
1: Was it ever explained why he had this change of heart? And was it ever explained why Mr. Corey was targeted?
2: So as far as why he decided to plead guilty at the last minute... Um, We were only really left with the speculation on the prosecution's part because Mr. Banowitz's attorneys left the room without commenting. Mr. Banowitz certainly didn't explain why he had a sudden change of heart. Um, And prosecutors basically said that there's nothing like facing a jury of your peers to focus the mind, um, which I thought was (laughs) pretty profound speculation um, as to why he decided to do this um, at the very last moment. And as far as motive goes um, in the crime, basically, Mr. Banowitz had a $10,000 tuition payment coming due for his pharmacy school, and he decided the best way to make that payment, which he didn't know how he was going to do, was to find a wealthy person and rob them and murder them. And so once he made up his mind to do that, that's, that's kind of how he proceeded,
1: What's next for Timothy Banowitz?
2: So um, when it comes to what's next for him, the judge has ordered a pre-sentencing report be done, and then from there, she will set a sentencing date. Um, Prosecutors said as part of the plea, they are seeking the maximum sentence for these charges, which would be a combined total of 70 years. Um, Had he gone to trial, he could have faced a sentence of life without parole, without the possibility of parole. And prosecutors said that they really don't feel like they're giving up much. Um, State's attorney, Thomas Haynes, said, you know, he's brought up the fact that Mr. Banowitz is 30 years old um, and with a sentence of 70 years, uh, he'll likely spend the rest of his life in prison for what he's done.
1: Thanks for listening to The Daily Crime. We're here every weekday with new episodes Monday through Friday. We also have a weekly show covering cases around the country, True Crime Chronicles. Check it out today, wherever you listen to podcasts. That's True Crime Chronicles. For Vault Studios, I'm Will Johnson.
0: You know that science solves crimes. Forensic science is exciting, challenging, and most of all, rewarding work. But there is a shortage of qualified individuals in this field. Hi, I'm Terry with Loyola University Maryland's Forensic Science Department. Loyola is one of the only colleges in the country offering advanced degrees in forensic pattern analysis and biological forensics. Our courses, taught by forensic experts, feature hands-on training and small class sizes. They are based on real crime scene and forensic examiner training programs to ensure you are ready to make a difference. Our programs are open to students from a variety of academic backgrounds because we believe everyone can contribute to solving crimes. So what are you waiting for? Discover the excitement of forensic science at Loyola University, Maryland. Visit Loyola.edu forward slash forensic for more information. That's Loyola.edu forward slash forensic because you are ready to make a difference. Join one of Loyola University, Maryland's forensic science programs today.